This episode of Talk Your Book is proudly brought to you by Honan, providing a complete range of insurance, risk, and financial solutions. Bundy's called me up, told me to take a look, but stay stubborn as bulls and talk their own book. Get the money, get the money, get, get the money. Hi, I'm Chris Judd and you're watching Talk Your Book and today we're really lucky to be joined by Nick Sladen from LSN Capital Partners who've just ticked over the two-year mark for their, uh, for their fund. How's it all going? Nick, can tell us a little bit about LSN. Uh, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me and good to be here. Um, LSN Capital Partners is a uh, ASX small cap fund. We've just ticked over two years in operation. Um, 2022, obviously, a tough year for small caps and 2023 a better year, but we're pretty happy uh, with where, where we're at since inception and looking forward to some good growth in 20, FY24. And what stock did you want to uh, dig into today? Uh, today, we're going to talk about EQT, equity trustees. And talk me through them. Give us sort of the, the helicopter view of EQT and what their different business divisions do. EQT was uh, founded in uh, 1888, so it's been around a very long period of time. It listed on the ASX in 1985. Um, they are a provider, an independent provider of trustee services across a range of areas in Australia. Um, they have over $173 billion in funds under management, uh, and it's listed on the ASX with a market cap of just around $700 million. It, it operates across three core divisions, um, trustee wealth services, um, which is just over 50% of its revenue, that's basically um, estate planning, charitable services, philanthropic, um, personal injury, um, intergenerational wealth transfer, which given the ageing demographic of Australia is quite attractive. Uh, and they're seeing some good growth there. They've also got a, a superannuation trustee services business, um, which provides um, independent trustee services to a lot of retail super funds across Australia. Um, not so much the industry funds, but more the, uh, the retail. So there's good growth coming there from the corporate market. Um, that's just under 20% uh, of their, their group revenue. Uh, and then they also provide their corporate trustee services business, which is um, uh, basically provides independent, responsible entity uh, for a lot of fund managers um, across Australia. It's got a, about 130 clients. Um, there's about 360 funds. That's split across a range of asset classes. Um, global equities, I think they've got about $30 billion. Um, um, real assets, um, um, property and alternatives, about $28 billion. And then they've been building a debt capital markets business, which is about $18 billion as well. So that, that's a, probably the, the split of the business um, in terms of what they offer. And it's got a you know diversified stream of revenue across Australian um, trustee services businesses. And which of those divisions is exciting you the most? Well, each of those businesses, if you go through trustee wealth services, is probably the higher revenue margin business. Um, given the ageing demographic, demographic of the Australian population and, um, you know, that wealth transfer is, is going to see some good, good growth in the years ahead. Um, the, the superannuation trustee services business has actually seen some really strong growth. As, um, a lot of corporate businesses uh, are seeking uh, independent trustees for their, for their business. So that, that's growing quite nicely. They had a good pickup in uh, funds under management to over $45 billion um, in FY23. Uh, and then the corporate um, superannuation uh, corporate trustee business rather has about I think they've got over 45 current funds um, uh, in terms of they're their working on developing bringing to market that's on top of the 360 funds that they currently look after across their portfolio so each of the business is growing quite strongly um, there's probably probably best leverage in terms of the corporate um, the corporate business because the, the fixed cost structure um, of that business is in place and they just bring the new funds on board and then they charge a, a proportion of the funds under management is basically how that works as a responsible entity. And the regulatory environment, for those that haven't 
set up a fund before. It's, it's pretty incredible once you're in it. There is a pretty large economic moat attached with that. Um, and then I guess you, you get sort of a, a, a little bit of a market dynamic like you do with, with NetWealth or Hub24, whereas if the market goes up, the, um, the funds under management goes up and you get some of that fee uptick as well. Is that sort of the, the two main drivers you're seeing in a business like this? The, the barriers to entry are extremely high. Um, it's a highly regulated industry. Um, the core operators in, in this industry, which um, in large part, um, it's, it's a very fragmented industry, but two of the key players are obviously perpetual corporate trust and equity trustees. Um, so, so those high barriers to entry and regulatory requirements, they, they, they bring about relationships with um, Austrac, uh, APRA, ASIC, et cetera. And, and, and they're very, very high barrier to entry um, components for, for the business, which make it hard for new entrants to, 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 to come into the market, which we don't think that reflects the, uh, the valuation and, and the multiple of the stock trades on is reflected, reflected on that basis. So um, we're quite excited about, about the outlook for the business. And talk us through that the AET acquisition they made recently, how have the integration gone for that and what's that contributed to the business? It's quite a fragmented industry but across all of their divisions. Um, net, uh, um, equity trustees do not have any significant market share in either of any of those divisions. Um, they're very small in, in the trustee services business, it's very small in the superannuation trustee business and, and a little bit bigger in the corporate trustee business, but with a huge runway of growth. Um, they made an acquisition in 2022 of AET. They bought that for around $150 million from IWF. Um, they're in the process of integrating that now, integrating that now. The integration is going well. Uh, and they're expecting the synergies um, to be um, realised in FY24, obviously the financial year that we're currently in, and FY25. Um, so those synergies are across revenue synergies. Um, they're across cost synergies. And there's also a capital release as well. And the business that they've acquired is quite complementary in terms of its location. It was quite strong in areas like South Australia, where equity trustees' market presence was not as strong. So it's been quite an attractive acquisition. Um, so they're really deep in the integration process of that at the now. And out of interest, in, um, in 2014, they made an acquisition of ANZ trustee uh, business. Um, that acquisition integration perhaps didn't go as well as it could have. And some of the people who were there at that time um, have learned from that experience. And it doesn't look like the integration of AET is experiencing the same, um, the same challenges that were experienced then. So we're confident and think that'll deliver um, really strong um, componentry to, to the earnings growth. We've got to over 20% um, impact growth in FY24 and FY25. And that's a big component of it. And when you talk about that fragmentation, do you see further sort of bolt-on opportunities available for them going forward? Well, it's, it's, it's a really um, costs and regulatory costs are only going up. So it's a scale game. So you need to be one of the bigger players to execute on that. So it's getting more and more challenging for smaller uh, niche independent players to execute on that because obviously the costs are going up. So equity trustees, EQT, have pushed the framework in place in terms of their cost structure um, to, 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 to take on significantly more funds under management. They do have a strong balance sheet with plenty of liquidity. So if there are further acquisitions, they can capitalise on those. But, you know, they can organically just pick off clients as well. They've actually been investing um, in technology in the business over the last one to two years. And one of the things they've invested in is Salesforce, um, which is the first time they've ever had to do it. A business like this has never actually had to worry about sales because the market's come to them. So they've employed um, business development staff those staff are using Salesforce and they're looking to grow um, across each of those divisions and measuring it on that basis. So, you know, it's a combination of both things, potential M&A because they've got a good balance sheet and they've got the capital, but equally, you know, there's organic growth out there to, 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 to come from, um, from other competitors or other players. And they've got non-core assets in the UK and Ireland, which yep. they're, they're running a process on. How's that process going and, and what will that do to their, uh, to their numbers? 
Well, probably six or seven years ago, they, they expanded into the UK um, and Ireland. And, you know, like many Australian businesses, offshore expansion, it hasn't gone to plan and it hasn't worked. Uh, and they've announced during last year that they were exiting that business. They've exited the, uh, the Irish business, Ireland business, and then the UK business is in the process of transferring out those, um, those assets to alternative providers. That business lost um, around $3 million um, to the bottom line in FY23. Um, in the context of a business that only makes about $30 million, that's actually quite, mm -hmm. um, quite an attractive, um, you know, that'll be written back into the P&L and that's a good profit uplift and we're expecting that to be a component also of the strong profit growth we're forecasting for the next couple of financial years. And so walk us through the numbers, walk us through the, the funds under management they've got, or FUMAS, yep. I think they, they frame it as. Uh, took me through that, their, their PE, and where you can see the top line growth sort of going in the next 12 to 24 months. They've got about $173 million in, in FUMAS. At, um, that was at the AGM in November of last year. That's split across each of those businesses, corporate, super, and trust trustee wealth that I identified earlier. Each of those businesses got a different, um, you know, different revenue margin and growth metrics, but they're all doing quite well. Um, so the business trades on around 15 times PE. It's on about nine times um, EV to EBITDA. And as I indicated earlier, we've got 20% earnings growth, both, you know, FY24 and FY25. And that's a market multiple around 15 times. And we don't think that reflects um, the high barriers to entry or the strategic regulatory framework that the industry that they operate in. Um, so, so we're quite we see significant valuation upside from 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 current levels. The other thing that it does have is it's got um, quite good market leverage. Um, each of those divisions, in varying degrees, is um, is exposed to equity markets. And since um, since October of last year, um, equity markets have obviously done quite well. Um, the price, the stock price of equity trustees, has not really moved that much at all. And and we would imagine that the first half result in in a few weeks' time in February. Um, we'll see some really good operating leverage from from market exposure, as well as you know, obviously some of those other drivers of, of earnings growth starting to come through, which gets us quite excited. Thanks very much. Well, I think it's the first time we've had a 145 year old business spoken about on Talkie Book. Um, full disclosure, they are the, the trusted Serity Macro Fund as well. And uh, thanks very much for for coming back on the show and sharing the story with us. Thanks, Chris. Good to be here. Thanks, Nick. This episode of Talkie Book is proudly brought to you by Honan providing a complete range of insurance, risk and financial solutions.